This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 304. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I am your host, Riley Bowman, joined today by Jacob Paulson. Yay! The guy who is sitting in the office with his earbuds doing the podcast thing. <laughs> yes, that is extremely accurate. <laughs> well, I couldn't think of anything better. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing that you thought we could say without embarrassing me. (laughs) Folks, welcome to today's episode. Uh, Today, we are talking about using micro drills to up your shooting game. Super excited to to do that, to to cover this topic with you because it's something I'm rather passionate about uh, because it, it describes very accurately how I spend a lot of my time training and practicing, all right? Uh, today's episode is made possible and brought to you by this week only our concealedcarry.com sale on we've got a whole bunch of products dry fire dvds and cds online training apparel holsters flashlights and lighting all 20 percent off if you use the coupon code madness march madness sale so use the coupon code on checkout, M-A-D-N-E-S-S, Madness. Save 20% off products in those six categories. All right, that ends on, I think it's Sunday night at midnight, yeah. basically. So, so yeah, this coming Sunday. So that ends Sunday night. Uh, yeah, take advantage of, uh, of, of a really great sale. Uh, we don't do a lot of sales that aren't Guardian Nation member only that are quite that much discounted all you know it doesn't come around that often and then there's someone in our marketing team who really likes college basketball (laughs) right right (laughs) um also uh an honorary sponsor of sorts today although uh uh, we just talked about them recently also on the podcast and that is laser uh app is the company laserapp.com you can also check them out concealedcarry.com forward slash laser l-a-s-r that is spelled l-a-s-r jacob always says l-a-s-r uh i noticed the guys over there always say laser and the guys that actually started the company uh laser activated shot reporter software uh there's laser classic now and laser x which which works with any platform the laser x version does super super cool uh software and uh, yeah, it's cool. It's awesome to train with. And I use a lot with doing uh, various uh, drills and, and practice at home and dry fire, uh, including some micro drills, which, which is a topic of discussion here today. So uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Guys, go check it out. Good stuff. So with that, uh, we're going to move right along with this episode today, Jacob. Game on, brother. Yeah. So I told you that the topic is using micro drills to up your shooting game. And for some people, it's probably the first time they're hearing the word, or it's like really a complex or a combination word, micro drills. So what do you, what, like, I don't know, Jacob, do you even know what I'm talking about? <laughs> That's, uh, I, of course yeah, you do. I think, so So here's the, the premise is when we talk about a drill, we often think about a course of fire that has a prescribed uh, part time or score or objective um, standard. And so, you know, the bill drill or the El Presidente or Mozambique or, you know, whatever, you know, insert here, popular or not popular shooting drill. <clears throat> a micro drill is the idea of we're just taking a very 
specific and generally by by na- name of you know micro, we're kind of taking a very small set of or simple movements, and we're just doing we're just doing that one thing. And the idea is you know breaking it down even further, right into into being really minute. So I'll give you like a really really simple example, and uh, then we can roll from there. But one would be doing nothing more than clearing my garment and establishing my hand on the gun, just establishing the grip. And repeat, clear garment, establish hand. Repeat, clear garment, establish hand, which if done often enough in the kitchen will freak out my wife. Uh, but you know that that's a very micro drill where I'm not even engaging in a course of fire. Uh, I'm not really doing, I'm not, there's no draws. I'm, the gun's not even coming out of a holster. Um, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just micro. It's just, it's just this one little tiny thing I'm trying to, to really, really drive home that muscle memory. Yeah. Yeah. You nailed it. So yeah, but exactly by a micro drill in the way I think of it is, you know, we might say work on draw, right? Which is a, depending on where you draw from, depending on who you talk to either a three a four or a five step process. Uh, and so that, that entails, you know, going to the gun, establishing grip, drawing it out, you know, and then eventually getting on target, presenting to the target and then firing a shot or some number of shots. Uh, one of the most, well, I think beloved drills in the industry is the build drill. Uh, it's also some people's, you know, bane of their existence. Uh, some people really struggle with it, uh, cause it's challenging. You're trying, it's a drill that's done very quickly, typically, uh, seven yards and you're trying to keep all six shots in a, you know, fairly tight hit zone. Uh, so and you're doing that from the draw. That's a drill, right? A micro drill is the essence of just taking something like a drill, uh, or, or, or a particular skill, like just like drawing a gun, like, which is an absolute necessity. If you carry a gun as a concealed carrier, which 99.9% of our listeners of this podcast are, uh, statistics would show that, right? Uh, you carry a gun, it's an essential skill for you to be able to draw that gun from wherever it is you carry it, to be able to employ it, to be able to use it. Else, why do you carry the gun, right? So it's breaking that down into a lot smaller steps. Now, when I was younger, I played uh, the piano a lot. In fact, I played pretty well, and I played in some like you know competition, you know, music competitions, and I would learn these very complex pieces, you know, music pieces that were you know five to ten minutes long, sometimes maybe even a tad longer, that were you know ten, twelve, twenty pages long, and have it all memorized. And the step that I, or the the process that I followed, Jacob, to memorize those was by breaking them down into smaller chunks. I would memorize a page and I'd get that, you know, good. And then I'd move on to another page and I would play through that first page that I already memorized and I'd, and then I'd learn and memorize the second page. And then I'd, I'd kind of just keep repeating that process. And sometimes, depending on the length of the, of the piece, I might not continue to start from the beginning and go all the way through because that, that would mean that the beginning of the piece would be like really a lot better than the middle part of the piece. Then I'd start breaking up into chunks and memorizing those different chunks and putting those together and eventually putting the whole piece together. And that's kind of what we're talking about here with micro drills is taking these little snapshots of various skills and or drills, larger drills, and okay, let's work on that little piece there and let's work on that little piece there and then eventually you put it all together and it really comes together. Yep, yep. You probably described it even better than I did. And, and you know, the, the beautiful thing about micro drills in my mind is that uh, they're easier 
to set up and run. And you get, you can get a lot more repetitions in a very short period of time. So, you know, doing a, doing a, a complete normal you know, sequenced drill uh, while awesome sauce, of course, it, it takes a certain amount of time. And sometimes it requires a certain amount of setup. If I'm going to run a build drill, for example, I'd like to, I need to have feedback. I need to know where my shots are hitting. So I'm either going to have to grab a laser training, uh, you know, pistol, or I'm going to have to put a laser insert. Uh, well, that's really not even an option. <laughs> if I'm going to do the build drill, I really got to get my cert pistol. And, uh, it, or I got to go live fire. And so I need, you know, there's some sort of, there's some setup required there. I need a target, uh, you know, that I can designate and I can use. And if I really want to get like part times and stuff, then I'm going to probably set up LASR or LASRX as well. Uh, but uh, as it were, uh, if I'm just going to do some quick micro drills on presentation to target from a high compressed ready out, and that's all I'm going to do. Shoot, that doesn't require a lot of setup, does it? And in in a very short amount of time, I can get a lot of repetitions. Yep, and that's another great great example. Uh, that's also an important skill and a part of that entire draw step or or draw process. Like just coming from a high compressed ready from basically the center of the chest and going straight out to the target. So that's another that's a great uh, micro drill. So I think we could we could spend a little bit of time talking about. What are some micro drills uh, that that we like to do that we think have some value? And you just you just gave one of presenting straight out from the chest to the target. Um, what I would you know when you, when you're doing something so simple and so small and even like short time frame wise, like that only takes you a tenth, maybe a fifteenth of or tenth of or a like you know fifteen hundredths of a second maybe to go from here to here. Actually, probably about a tenth of a second I would guess. And uh, you probably want to actually, so here's the thing. You, you don't want to just like do it over and over and over again, like as fast as you can do it. You actually want to start slow and deliberate. So take a process, take a step that takes maybe a tenth of a second, when, you know, when it's part of the entire draw stroke, and and then slow that down so to where it takes you a quarter of a second or maybe even as long as a half a second. In fact, that has some some value in it as well where occasionally you you do something as simple as presenting to the target from the chest and take and actually deliberately force it yourself to take a whole half second to go all the way out. Then, mm-hmm. while you're doing that, focus on the things that you know you're supposed to be doing. Or maybe you don't know all these things, but that's okay. That's why you're going to, you know, if if you're still new to the firearms game, to carrying concealed, uh, you haven't taken a lot of classes yet. Well, that's that's why I would encourage you to get out and take some classes, like some of the upcoming uh, Guardian pistol courses that uh, our company will is offering throughout the throughout the summer. Um, but uh, when you're presenting the target, you should be trying to pick up the front sight as soon as you can. All right, in your vision somewhere. Right. So we want a straight line. We're going to go from just a little bit below the eye line, and when we get about a third of the way, maybe half the way out to full extension, we should start to be able to see that sight of the, especially the front sight, but the sights of the gun kind of come into the picture. And then we want to find that front sight, begin focusing on it, and then finish our extension to the target. And, and, and all we're doing is we're, we're taking the sights of that gun and we're bringing them into our eye, eyesight, our eye line, where they're focused already on the tar- target. But then at some point we're shifting the focus generally back to the front sight. And just by being by slowing that down deliberately, taking a half second or even a full second, as I'm kind of demonstrating on screen for those that are viewing, like this is this is kind of the shape of my hand as I my support hand as I'm doing this, right? Going from the chest and going out, I'm taking like a good second or more, just nice and slow. And I'm envisioning myself finding that front sight and picking that up. That yep. is a micro drill. So Jacob mentioned you mentioned that one. 
I would throw out another one, and you could describe this a little bit for the for the listeners. Uh, would be just simply, and you kind of touched on it in the beginning when you were giving your little uh, initial spiel on this, but just establishing grip on the gun and repeating that over and over again. That would be another micro drill. Yeah, and and probably you know if we're if we're trying to put you know if we're trying to create a sequence of things that are important when we respond to a threat. This one's pretty dang high up there, right? Because in anything upstream uh, is foundational for anything downstream to work, right? So establishing a grip on the gun is the first part of, of the upstream, right? It's the it's the first thing that has to go right. If it if it goes poorly, everything downstream is going to be less good. Mm-hmm. So this is probably the one I practice the most above all other micro drills. Uh, this is the thing I probably do the most. It's, it's just real simple. I just want to practice clearing the garment and establishing grip on the gun. Clear garment, establish grip on the gun, reset. I'm clear. I mean, how long does that take? Not very long. And, uh, you know, like all other micro drills, I tend generally, I do a lot of repetitions relatively slow and then I speed up. And, you know, depending on how long I'm doing this for, it might just be one, you know, while I'm just sitting there waiting for, for, for anything, right? For, for my dog to move out of the way so I can access the fridge. But, but the, the point is, you know, it, it takes very little for these micro drills in the, in the case of this one where I'm just establishing grip. Uh, it just boom, clear garment, establish grip, reset, clear garment, establish grip, reset. And uh, yeah, I, I think that one is like, for me, it's it's the most critical because it's so upstream of everything else. I'll give you another one in that category too. Uh, very upstream for me is retrieving the gun from the gun safe. And so a micro, a micro drill I do a lot is just opening the safe and establishing grip on the gun. So instead of clearing the garment and establishing grip on the gun, I'll just you know put in my quick combination on the quick access safe and establish you know, establish grip on the gun. Same thing. But I'm, you know, I'm not doing it from the holster. I'm doing it in the safe. Yeah, that's absolutely valid as well. Uh, yeah, like a lot of times people don't even think about practicing those types of things. Like if it's a safe that you depend upon for quick access of your firearm, then yeah, absolutely. That would be, that would come into play as well. Um, yeah. So I was thinking as it relates to grip, like you, you made the point that everything else is kind of downstream of that. And if you establish a poor grip from the beginning, then the rest is going to have a, a greater tendency, especially the shooting aspect is going to fall apart. And that is so true. We see it in everything pretty much uh, in the, in this kind of realm here, especially of firearms handling and use and shooting and, and whatnot. Here, here would be another one. And that would be, and it's, again, this is, yeah, I kind of mentioned that uh, it, it's not always obvious maybe to some people, like some things that they could be practicing because they either don't think they need to or it just doesn't occur to them. So another one would be actually joining the hands. So again, I'm, we're kind of staying on this grip th- or on this uh, draw thing because it is really critical. Uh, it's kind of the foundation and basis for, I think, a lot of what we do with concealed carry. So getting basically from where the holster is with the gun to the presentation point where we're going to start actually presenting out, like at some point we got to join up the hands and I teach, uh, indexing the, I use a bladed hand like so, uh, Mike Seeklander teaches this as, as he refers to as a Judy chop, which is like a reverse karate chop. And so that, that, bladed. In fact, let me get my cert gun here for those that are able to see. If you can't see, I'm holding my cert pistol with a standard grip, one-handed right now, and I'm just going to work on indexing my support hand where that reverse karate chop, basically the 
first knuckle, like the knuckle closest to my hand on my index finger on that bladed hand is going to come in and make contact in the corner of the trigger guard and my shooting hand, my dominant hand that's on the gun. So you have this kind of little corner here. That's, that's an index point in my world. Okay. So I'm looking to hit that the same way every time. And then I'll begin to wrap the rest of the hand around the gun as I then press out to the target. So I want to be able to nail that index where the hands join and hit that the same way every time. There was a really great comment from somebody here, Taylor. He said, uh, every option must have a logical application, otherwise it's just BS. Micro drills are good. They improve muscle memory and allow you to gain and continue to and to continue to gain minute advancements in your training and allow you to have those things burned into your muscle memory. And of course, by muscle memory, you know, muscle memory is not actually a real thing. But when, we, when we're talking about that, we're talking about speeding up the synapses and, and creating these connections in the brain where it happens a lot more automatically, moving things from the conscious more into the subconscious, you know, uh, of, of thought to where it's more automatic, right? Uh, the little things prepare you, Taylor continues to say. And that's what we're talking about here is something as simple and minute as just joining the hands, again, is such a minute thing, but we want to be able to hit that the same time, the same way every time we do it, and that's going to result in huge uh, improvements in our shooting game. Um, I'm going to throw out another one, Jacob. Reloads. Now, grabbing a spare mag is a lot like drawing the gun in the first place. You've got to take your support hand, typically in the case of a of a, of a mag that you're grabazine. <laughs> grabazine. <laughs> grabazine that mag every time. <laughs> that was a funny uh, faux pas. Uh, <laughs> you got to take your, spare, your support hand to grab that magazine uh, from wherever it is you store. If it's a pouch on your belt, inside waistband, outside waistband, a pocket, uh, you're using a snag mag, you know, whatever that is, uh, you gotta, you're basically doing the same thing as drawing the gun in the first place. So we need to be able to index that hand on the magazine from the get go. And then also, and so that's, that by itself is one micro drill, just bringing the sport hand down from where you were gripping the gun to grabbing that magazine and just hitting that index over and over and over, just back and forth, back and forth. Do it slow first, of course, deliberately, paying attention to the movements that you're making with your body, uh, making sure, that, and somebody else commented, I saw above, you know, form above function or something like that. And, I, and by that meaning that, that or form over speed, or maybe that's what it was. Uh, we want to make sure that we do it the right way every time and make sure the technique that is being used is correct and applicable. So with a micro drill with a spare mag, I think I have an empty spare mag sitting around here somewhere. Nope, I don't. Um, I've got one here in my pocket. Okay. A Glock mag. I'm trying to achieve an index on my magazine like this, where the index finger of my hand is holding it like so. This just came out of my pocket. I'm wearing these 511 Defender Flex jeans where I have a little magazine pocket that's kind of special, specially designed for the purpose almost. And uh, the mag does sit a little bit deeper in there, but I reach in there and I grab it and then I kind of scoot that up into the hand where I'm able to achieve that index. And I'll just practice that over and over, just hitting that index point. Right, mm -hmm. because again, like you said, Jacob, everything else is downwind or down the funnel, or the pipe or the line from this. And if I hit that index on the magazine really well, then it makes actually putting it in the gun really, really simple. Yeah, I have another one. Before I do that, another thing just occurred to me that I'll throw out there. 
maybe this is stupid, Riley. In fact, I'd love to hear your, your feedback on this, but I also believe in reverse mechanics. <clears throat> and what I mean when I say reverse mechanics is earlier, for example, we talked about the micro drill of just you know, chest press, right? Coming from, from high compress ready or from position sewel and assuming that grip and pressing uh, the gun out toward target, extending toward target, presenting to target, whatever, uh, and acquiring the sights. I, I happen to believe, and this is completely like, I, I don't know if I made this up or I read it somewhere, but I also believe that when you do it in reverse, you also strengthen those synapses we were talking about in the brain. So I'm very uh, methodical when I do these kinds of things where I'm trying to build muscle memory. That not, not only do I try and do it really deliberately and correctly, uh, you know, forward, but then I also do it in reverse uh, as, as in the same kind of methodical manner to try and, you know, re-strengthen that, that, that process, that, that step. Uh, so I don't know if that makes any sense or if it's even smart, but I, somewhere in my brain, I think that's true. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't disagree either with that uh, aspect. I think you you definitely uh, apply that in your own personal practice and training more than I do, uh, but it, it's it's not untrue, right? I mean, and, and and it's very easy to practice that sort of thing, right? So you're getting this, you're getting rep, rep uh, you're getting reps not only by going to the magazine pouch, grabbing the, the magazine, coming out, putting in the gun, but then also taking it out of the gun and then going back to the magazine pouch or pocket and sticking it back in the same way and indexing the same way sure why not like yeah, you just yeah. sort of like 2x your your repetitions so right um yeah exactly the thinking yep yeah so that's that's good thought as well oh so here's here's another micro drill i do a lot um and, and i do this one a lot i guess right now particularly i'm doing this one a lot because it's a skill which i think i need uh you know certain degree of, of of work it's something i'm trying to really work on right now and that's target transitions so what that looks like for me is particularly with, with my uh, cert pistol or whatever, um, I'll, I'll just pick a couple of spots, two or three in a room, I guess generally two, and I will just really deliberately practice that target transition of moving the eyes first and letting the gun you know, follow my eyes, right? So look at the target, move the gun to my eyes. Look at the next target, move my gun to my eyes. And, and I'll just do that repeatedly over and over again. Another just very simple micro drill that I'm just trying to teach my brain and my body to look at the target first and then move the sights, to bring the sights into alignment with my eyes so that I, I do that as efficiently and, and, and as effectively as possible. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so part that's a really interesting thing to talk about. And I, I did talk touch on this a little bit in the shop talk on Monday. Uh, folks, by the way, if you, if you missed this most recent one, or if you've not seen any of our Monday Shop Talk episodes, those are not put in the podcast feed, uh, but are, uh, uh, you know, we do those on Facebook Live uh, on Mondays at 12 noon Mountain Time, just like we do the podcast on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And some of you are going, well, I don't, I don't use Facebook or I don't care for Facebook or whatever. Guess what? You can go to concealedcarry.com forward slash shop talk and you can watch everything right there. All right. So it's all, it's all yeah, out there. They also go out to our YouTube channel. That's right. They are on YouTube as well. And make sure while you're at it, subscribe to our YouTube channel. So uh, anyway, but in, on Monday's episode, I, I was talking a little bit about the transitions. I was using the LaserX software together with a cert pistol and talking a little bit about micro drills and just, just the act of, okay, I'm going to practice transitioning from this target to that target. One thing that's really important is that we need to try to be, you know, aware with our um, with our eyes, and you know, like what helps transitioning from a target to target. Of course, is first we need to actually shift the eyes to our next point of aim, 
okay, rather than moving the eyes with the gun. But the other thing is, is it's really helpful when we can kind of recognize, like we can kind of see in the periphery somewhat that that those sights are starting to, you know, we're coming close to the to the to the point that we want to stop on the target, right? And then at some point we need to transition from, okay, boom, there's the target, and you now here comes my gun, here comes my sights, pick up the sights, you know, line everything up, make the shot. And uh, I'll tell you, transitioning from target to target is a lot harder uh, to do than a lot of people think it is, especially when you, when we place them a little bit under, on, uh, under a little bit of stress, right? So like doing the chaos drill, uh, Jacob, you, you well know that and you're familiar with that drill. It's one of, one of our favorites. Uh, it's one that, uh, Kyle Lamb, uh, created and, uh, you have five targets and you're, tr- you're doing little transitions. You're doing also huge transitions. Uh, and, that's one that like people probably go, oh, okay, I'm just going to shoot to here, and then I'm going to shoot there, and then I'm going to shoot here, and then I'm going to shoot there. And then what do we see? We see a lot of targets that miss, usually past the target, or they might be a little bit early on the target. And uh, so a micro drill, like just practicing transitions, has huge value because it's harder than than you think it is probably in most con- contexts. And there's a lot of technique. And you can go watch that shop talk where I talk about it in a little bit greater detail. Um, and there's even more of that that we cover in our courses that we teach. But uh, anyway, so that, that's another great example of a micro drill because that that if you practice that a lot, you can get to where that whole transition and everything and shifting the eyes and, and what you're focused on and doing that very quickly, you can, you can really shave off a lot of time by uh, learning how to do it quickly. So anyway, all right. Um, let's see what's next. I was thinking a moment ago about, um, I talked about reloads with the magazine, right? Um, another great micro drill would be, uh, working on malfunctions, right? So like say a tap rack type malfunction uh, or a stovepipe and breaking those steps down on some of those things, right? And so just, okay, I'm just going to work on, and this sounds maybe a little bit stupid because it seems so simple, but I'm just going to work on breaking my grip and tapping the magazine, right? And I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to work on that, right? You know, I mean, like, but that's literally the way I think of it with a lot of this stuff. Now, I, I have not necessarily spent a lot of time practicing something that specific for a, for a tap rack type drill. Um, but, but that's, you know, if you feel like maybe you're struggling with a little bit of something, uh, that's the way I would do it. And I would look at how we perform something like that where we feel like we have a failure to fire or a failure to feed. So we're going to tap that magazine. We're going to reach over, grab the slide, pull that back, release, and then reassume the grip. And that would be another thing, would be working just on that secondary process of going from where I just worked the the slide on the gun and bringing and reassuming the grip. And how would I do that? Because that's also not... Um, as intuitive as probably some people would think. Again, it kind of comes back to how I build the grip in the first place. Um, we could also use that as a micro drill to work on that transition from racking the slide, getting on back onto the gun quickly, right? Because that's that's the whole point. We have a malfunction. We need to clear it as quick as we can and get back into the fight. Yep, yep. Sorry, a little distracted. Um, <laughs> it, it, yeah, that, that's that's a solid one. Another one... That I was thinking about um, that I do quite a bit is just trying to teach myself to walk 
and uh, keep my gun on target. So I'll just a lot. It's an easy thing to do because I'll already be moving around the house. So I can just strap on the, the cert pistol or maybe if I'm in the middle of some dry fire uh, practice, then it's easy enough. I can grab whatever tool I'm using. And as I just move you know, from one place in the house to the next or in the office to the next, it's an easy enough thing for me to just you know, present a target and then just walk. And it's a very micro drill because all of, I'm, I'm only practicing that one thing of just, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, to pick a, a point in front of me or, you know, yeah, in front of me. And, and I'm trying to just keep my sights directly in line with that, that target point, that focus point while I'm moving forward or while I'm moving backward or side to side or whatever it be. And it's really just trying to teach myself, you know, that what that movement feels like and, and what it what it feels like to roll those feet and all those kinds of things. It's a simple thing, very, very micro thing, but it works really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of great comments too from uh, viewers on Facebook today. And uh, I mean, Dieter says here, great info for training. Yeah, I agree. So when the, <laughs> this might, you know, to me, like I, as I think about it now, I'm like, oh man, this seems so, so simple to me. Like, like I just sort of take some, some of the things I know now for granted. But I remember the first time that I like discovered the concept of just working on a micro drill. And when I first was shown this idea, it wasn't even called a micro drill. Uh, it, you know, so I remember like that was a big game changer for me. As a new shooter or newer shooter or someone that, you know, I sh- I've shot my whole life pretty much since I was a little kid. I've been around guns and familiar with guns and shooting guns. But it hasn't been until, like, looking at the totality of my life, it hasn't been until fairly recently that I've started to really understand some of these things in greater detail and to really, you know, uh, work on my work on my skills. I, this was a game changer for me to go, wait. I'm going to actually, instead of just going to the range and picking up a gun and loading it and then shooting rounds on target, like I'm actually going to spend time at home a lot of times. That's where micro drills probably have the the greatest use. Now, live fire is also beneficial when we're actually trying to get, you know, like for instance, reloads are great to do micro drills at the range with uh, because you're actually shooting rounds and you're trying to reload the gun. So I will... And by that, maybe my my live fire range micro drill is a little bit different than my dry fire one. For instance, I, I might just do like a lot of one reload ones where I am just firing one round that's in the gun with an empty mag. It's going to lock back and I'm going to go back and I'm going to reload that and fire one more round after the reload. I'm just, I'm really focusing on that reload process and not really being even all that concerned about my hits necessarily, but just really focusing on how I'm getting my hand from the gun to the to the magazine, back to the gun, getting back on target. You know, the timing between when I actually released the, the empty magazine out of the gun to where I'm bringing my hand up, that would be another thing. In fact, I actually meant to mention that one earlier. That's one thing that uh, I teach. I like to teach that we don't dump the empty magazine until we know we have a spare in our hand right? Because that just seems like a, that that sounds like a a really sad day for you when you think you're going to do a reload and you dump a magazine and maybe you're even in that, you know, maybe you're even doing like a speed reload, uh, a tactical reload that's not retained, you know, where you're not retaining the partially loaded magazine and you dump that thinking, oh, I've got another full 17 rounder. Like I'm good to go. Just got to get that in the gun quickly. And then you realize, Oh wait, actually, I don't. I forgot my my spare, my spare mag today. I decided not to carry it today, or I actually performed a reload in the in the gunfight and forgot I had done that. You know, and so here you dump your magazine and realize you don't have anything to put your hand in. So I'll work on that timing of 
when my hand hits the magazine and I know I have a spare in my hand, then I'm hitting the mag release on the gun, right? And I will just, that would be another example of another little micro drill, just working on that timing. Okay, hand to magazine, once I know I've got it, mag release as the other hand by that point is starting to come back up to the gun. And that way you have a very minimal window of time where you don't have a magazine in the gun. So anyway, just another another example there that sometimes uh, folks don't think about. Um, let's see. John says, I've fumbled a reload or two. Yes, I've fumbled a many a reload. And I even was fumbling in mon- on Monday in our shop talk uh, with just like even trying to clear my shirt, you know, out of the way. So, you know, the, the fumbles, that they're okay to happen in practice. That's why we practice. Uh, hopefully it doesn't happen in the real life, and that's why we got to make sure uh, these things are really ingrained in the well, so-called uh, muscle memory, right? Yeah. A lot of questions here about, uh, in, in, the, in the live chat, about shooting with two eyes open. And, mm. you know, and what, what that looks like. And I, th- I think a lot of these micro drills we talked about, specifically the one where, you know, just kind of pressing out to target and acquiring the sights, that's a great drill for training yourself to shoot with two eyes open. For those of you who find you struggle with that or that's a challenge or you just, you know, you've tried to transition to it and it's been difficult. Um, yeah, that's a great way to do that. I, I, I certainly remember the day when I was like, oh, I'm supposed to shoot two day, with two eyes open. How come no one told me? And so uh, it took a lot to, to, of work to tr- you know to transition into that and make that a part of me. But that that micro drill is is everything because it's just that constant reacquisition of sights, reacquisition of sights. And by doing that, I'm just forcing one eye to, to choose to be the one that focuses. Uh, yeah, it, do that all the time. Yeah. Uh, good, good, good one, man. And, uh, I see that comp or this uh, chat here, uh, cause this is a common one that comes up. I see it in gun forums all the time about, uh, do I shoot with one eye or two eyes? Uh, if so, like, if, is there a benefit from one or the other? I frankly think in a gunfight in a close, relatively co- close quarters gunfight, you know, 15 yards, even 25 yards and in, like, I always think we're, we're better off with both eyes open. So we're taking in more information. We're also taking in depth, right? We lose our depth perception. We lose our depth perception when we close one eye, right? And that's one of the reasons why people will do it is because then it's a little bit easier for them to focus on the sights because it's taking away the depth perception. But keep in mind that are we training to shoot bullseyes at 50 yards or are we training to be in a gunfight? Now, you answered that for yourself. Like, we all have different priorities for what we're training or practicing with our shooting. But I'm a very, like, defensive-minded person. And so it's important to me to be able to take in more information, to have depth perception so that I can recognize, you know, changes in depth a little bit. You know, is is that guy actually running at me at full speed with a knife in his hand? Or do I just think he's running at me with a knife? You know, like, you'll recognize a lot faster when, when you have both eyes open. And uh, just frankly, like once you get used to shooting both eyes open all the time, I, I, I frankly just think you're better at it, uh, better with transitions, better with, you know, I, I shoot competitively three guns. So there's a lot of movement, a lot of action going on in a three gun match. You're shooting a stage and there's just a lot to take in. Like, I don't know any serious three gunners that, that I'm aware of that I've noticed that are running around shooting at targets with one eye open. So I just think we're better with that. So coming back to it, Jacob, how do we train that? There's a question from Brian. How do you, how do you train yourselves or practice, you know, to be able to do that consistently? And I think it, like you said, it comes back to, okay, make a micro drill out of it. That when you're drawing the gun and you're presenting to the target, especially that 
that you've probably trained yourself, right, your muscle memory to start closing an eye when you're going to aim your gun. Well, now you need to untrain that. And to do that, you need to slow down and make a micro drill of it. I've trained my muscle memory to, like I automatically recognize when I'm using an optic that's magnified to an optic that's not magnified. So that means whether it is a red dot optic or iron sights on a gun. I don't even think about it, the transition. But I go from, if I'm using a scope that's magnified, I automatically close an eye. And if I'm shooting something that's not magnified, both eyes are open. just happens automatically. But I trained that into me, into me. You know, I remember there was a time I was in the same boat as Brian where like, do I use both eyes or one eye? You know, that was years ago for me, but, but you can train yourself to make that transition very quickly and automatically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Another thing uh, that I was going to add is that some of these micro drills we're talking about, uh, they, it changes just in different contexts. So like earlier, for example, we talked about clearing the carpet, establishing grip, and uh, that that's pretty straightforward. But I do I do tr- make a point to try and practice that drill, um, both when I'm standing up, but also when I'm sitting down, or maybe even when I'm in the car. You know, so quick clear you know clear garment, establish grip, and so so just also recognize that some of these things that you know may change a little bit based on environment. It's probably important, just like all other drills and all other skills, uh, to practice and, and train those things in those different environments. Yeah, absolutely. Also good good thoughts there. I want to throw out one more thing here, and we could probably start wrapping this up. Cause I, 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 I don't know, Jacob, if you, if you have a whole lot more to add, uh, you're certainly more than welcome to. I'm kind of feeling like we've really, you know, we've, we've, we've given people pretty much the meat on the bone as it comes to uh, micro drills. But I want to throw out a little, uh, uh, I'm going to kind of twist things, you know, a little bit in a different direction. Um, so once you're working on these kind of skills at this kind of level where you're really being analytical and looking at the specifics of what you're doing and, and also we shouldn't just be looking at what we're doing where it comes to some of these skills, some of these movements that we perform when we're handling or firing a gun, but also why we are doing, you know, and that, that becomes a lot easier, I think, to analyze when we're slowing ourselves down and we're breaking things into these little bite-sized chunks. We can start to look at, wait a minute, why am I holding the gun like this? Or why am I grabbing it like that? Or why am I, you know, like, I would I would encourage you to consider the whys. And don't just do things because you're told to do it that way or because you've seen it done that way, but ask why we might do it the way we do it. Or why you're doing it a different way than other people do it. You know, like that sort of thing. But here's another thing. When we're being all analytical like this, um, I really believe in like where we see our the most gains uh, improvement wise is when we're when we're pushing the envelope. We're really pushing the threshold of what we can do successfully, um, and we need to kind of like ride that line. I think we always got to be flirting with disaster a little bit. Now, I don't mean like we don't want ever do any we, we don't ever want to do anything with a gun, especially a live fire gun that has the potential for legitimate, real, true danger, right? So we don't push somebody past a breaking point with a live fire gun that's going to cause them to be unsafe with it and accidentally shoot themselves or or others. What I'm talking about, though, is pushing the threshold where we can perform something successfully. And so when I'm practicing or training, I'm, I'm trying to find my breaking point. And so I'll just keep going. You know, I start slow, warm up nice and steady. And then I start ramping up the pressure, you know, in other words, trying to shorten the time frame that I'm doing that skill in, right? So we go a little bit faster, a little bit faster, a little bit faster, and eventually get to a point where, oh, hey, uh, I did not do that successfully. 
And I'll, I'll, I'll keep trying to do it at that speed just to see if that was a one-off. But if I'm consistently failing, and by consistently failing, like more than 25% of the time, uh, failure, that's then that's where I think that kind of that breaking point is. Okay, so then once we find that breaking point, so let me give you an example. Let's suppose that I can draw from my holster and get one shot on target, and I can do it in 1.25 seconds consistently 100% of the time. But then I, I picked up the speed to 1.15 seconds or 1.1 seconds, and I start having like maybe 10% failure. That's still acceptable, okay, where you don't quite achieve it in that time frame or you get, you know, one out of 10 times you get a bad grip on the gun or one out of 10 times you miss clearing your garment or that sort of thing, okay? So 10% failure, maybe even 15% failure, you're still like, that's, you're still riding that edge. Keep working at it. That's where you want to be. But then continue to push yourself a little bit. So try to get it done in one second. And now all of a sudden you're failing 30 or 40% of the time. Then that's where we need to back off to about that. You know, so like just imagine yourself trying to draw the gun and fire one shot as fast as you could possibly think you could do it. Like you just do everything as fast as you can. That's your 100% as of right now. That's as fast as you can move with your hands and the gun and everything right now. You don't want to be you don't you don't want to be training at that hundred percent level all the time. You want to back off to about eighty to ninety percent, and that's where you're going to see the big gains. Where at the eighty to ninety percent, you're failing ten to twenty percent of the time, and then you're working on it and you're trying to figure out why you're failing that ten to twenty percent of the time, and you'll begin to figure it out as you work on micro drills, and as you begin to solve that problem, then you can start then then you start raising that threshold. You see what I mean? So, so that's that's my concept of finding the breaking point and then backing off ten to twenty percent off from that. So you're operating at about eighty to ninety percent of what you think your true capability is, and that's where you're going to spend most of the time training, especially in these micro drills. Yeah, this also emphasizes the importance for feedback. So what happens, you know, and we need to talk about this, maybe it's its own episode, but I think a lot of times when we talk about dry fire, a lot of people are, are thinking about and considering and kind of thinking of dry fire as a one, one method, you know, pony, right? That's one trick pony. It's like, well, I'm going to get the blank tool insert here. And I'm going to be able to do all my dry fire and I'm going to build awesome skills. Unfortunately, dry fire is, is not that kind of thing. When we talk about doing these, these micro drills or any sort of dry fire practice, you know, you have to have the, the myriad of tools and methods and options available to you so you can practice all these things the way they should be practiced. And, but, but a, a universal factor here is that you need feedback. You need feedback because, you know, if I, if I just, you know, am doing, uh, you know, whatever it is I might be doing, one shot draw uh, drills in dry fire, I don't know if I'm hitting the target, right? So do I know if I'm supposed to back off that 10 to 20%? Do I know if I'm going too fast? I have no idea. I, you know, I've got my clear gun. Uh, maybe I got some dummy rounds in it or something like that. And I, I draw it, boom, I fire. And it's like, sweet, that was fast, right? I don't have any time. I don't know what my time was. Uh, it, even if I had my time, I don't know if I hit my target. So, okay, great. Now I, I, I add a laser tool, you know, but I, but you know, today's we we we're giving away some LASRX licenses right now. Uh, you know, this this week, and that's our, one of our you know sponsors for this episode. And that's a great. These are great examples. Now, hopefully, now with this context, I, I know I'm kind of spinning in circles here a little bit. But in context, now you understand why that feedback is so important. That software that looks at it provides the feedback and says, "Here's your time, and here's where your shot hit." Yeah. That allows you to get the same kind of feedback you would have gotten live fire on the range, but in that safe environment where you can get repetitions faster and cheaper. 
I think that's a great, great place to uh, wrap this up. Uh, yeah. Uh, feedback is really important. Some things it is difficult to get feedback on because either your knowledge is not such that you recognize what's wrong or not wrong uh, or really right. Uh, so, I mean, there's some things that are really good to spend some time with a reputable uh, instructor on. Uh, but there's other ways that we can work on that. And you talked about using the software, using things like Laser X or Laser uh, Classic uh, software with a dry fire, you know, laser training aid like a cert pistol. Using Mantis X is excellent feedback, but it's it's limited in what it does. Like laser, uh, Mantis X is really just looking at what you're doing with the movement in the gun at the time that you're pressing the trigger, right? So that only answers so many questions for us for the most part. Um, but it's still really fa- valuable feedback. In fact, that gives feedback that sometimes is very difficult for an experienced instructor to see. Like, oh, at the moment you broke the shot, you did this. You know, that that you can see very precisely with the Mantis X product, which is amazing in that respect. Uh, I learned some things about myself that I didn't know and didn't recognize that I was doing when I was pressing the trigger. Um, that, yeah, it, that, that would have been impossible for any, even a really good instructor to even really see or notice, I think. Uh, so really, really, really interesting stuff. Also, just taking a video camera with you to the range or videoing your dry fire runs. Um, whether that's just a simple phone, right? And you can get these really simple, cheap phone mounts these days and a, a cheap tripod at the very least. Just go with a cheap tripod and a cheap little phone mount, set it up, record yourself, and watch yourself do drills. And then maybe if, if you still don't understand exactly what you're looking for, look at some videos from people that know what they're doing, like a Mike Seeklander. That dude, he flipping knows what he's doing uh, with, with a gun. Uh you can watch my videos. I think they're okay. Uh, but uh, Jacob, I think, is a little bit better. Yep. Good times. <laughs> he just totally took that. He's like, yeah, that's right, Riley. <laughs> no, no, no. Not going to correct you on that one. <laughs> I thought I would just, you know, give you a little, a little love today. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, good stuff. Yeah. But Rob mentions the coaches view app. Uh, that's a really fun, interesting app. Uh, and so you can, you can search your, your app store for coaches view. Uh, and I know that guys like, um, Max Michelle, uh, use that to, uh, you know, see really and analyze what they're doing. So it's a really, really cool app. Lots, lots of good stuff out there. Carrie trainer. Yeah. Taylor says Carrie trainer knows what's up. Mickey is, is great dude. He, he knows, he knows his stuff for sure as well. He's been on the podcast before. So anyway, there you go. That is uh, how I kind of think of micro drills and, and how I think you can use micro drills to really up your shooting game. I think this is something that for the, especially for, for the average shooter, for the kind of, you know, like everyday sort of person, like most, most of us, most of you, especially, uh, I mean, I, I kind of live and eat and breathe this stuff every day, but uh, I still think of myself as an, as a normal dude, but still like most of us can benefit hugely from taking an approach in our practice and our training in the way we've described today. Uh, it's made a huge difference for me. I know that. All right. So, there you have it. And thanks uh, those of you participating participating on Facebook Live with us today. Good crowd and good comments. Uh, so, 
yeah, it, you, folks, if, if you only listen to the audio feed, that's totally cool. Uh, our focus is still on making a great audio podcast first and a great Facebook live show second. Uh, but uh, if you ever have the inkling to join us on Facebook, we, we do these live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 12 noon Mountain. And then, of course, the audio uh, feed is published a little bit later. Today's episode is made possible and brought to you by our March Madness sale. Uh, you can use the coupon code MADNESS on any uh, of these six product categories, dry fire, DVDs, and CDs, online training, apparel, holsters, flashlights, and lighting. Uh, you'll knock off 20% off of those products in our online store, concealedcarry.com. All right, so just use the coupon code MADNESS, save 20%. And then again, Give uh, Laser App some love. Laser Classic and the new Laser X software available from those boys. Really, really great stuff. Just head on over. And those are those are in the dry fire category. So technically, you can go get twenty percent off. Twenty percent well. off. Nice. That's that's a deal right there, for sure. So yeah, take advantage of that. Concealedcarry.com forward slash Laser L A S R will get you to. Uh, uh, our page on our store. You can check out those products. You can also go to laserapp.com for additional information, but you won't save the 20% there. Mm, yeah. So good, good, good stuff. Um, so coming up next week, uh, we've got our online or our weekly podcast giveaway. You can get signed up at concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize. Don't have to be present to win. That's our weekly thing. And this coming Tuesday, we will be announcing the winner of a free one month of laser x uh of the, the software we just we were just talking about so for one free month winner you just gotta go get signed up at concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize and uh, it could be you so yeah make sure you take advantage of that well with that i think it's time to to wrap it up jacob thanks for doing this with me today good good thoughts today man uh, good discussion on this topic this was like a micro episode yeah, well, I mean, yeah, a little bit shorter than some of some episodes. Yeah, is that what you meant? Just let me just let me own it because yeah. we're talking about micro drills and micro it's just, it's not episode. A- you know, micro episode would be like five or ten minutes, bro. <sighs> Dude, you're ruining my fun. <laughs> no, no, this is this is great. I, I thought this was good content today. So thanks for doing this with me. And folks, just a reminder to train right, train often, and train safe, so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care. that laws vary from place to place and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. The Concealed Carry Podcast, Concealed Carry Inc., ConcealedCarry.com and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm-related incidents and laws, but things could be different where you live or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this. We cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast.